This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And good morning. Welcome to AM740. Robbie Lane in for Frank Proctor this morning. Frank's off at a wedding somewhere, not his own. No, it's, it's his, his son's. son's. Yes. Mm-hmm. How and special is that? That is great. Mm-hmm. He was looking so forward to it. I hope it turns out to be a beautiful day for him and everybody involved. And that that gets me back in here with you, Charlie. I Robin. know. So nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Hey, and it's going to be a gorgeous weekend and day for gardening or weddings, whatever you're busy with. That's right. And you just mentioned before we came in here that this mm. is the last show during the summer season. Mm-hmm. Next week will be the first fall show. That's right. The first fall gardening show. And, of course, Dave, our producer, goes, <laughs> so what's going to be different about between this Saturday and next Saturday? And I said, well, the seasons and the colors, right? Yeah. This is the last green show, and we start into the yellows and oranges and gold shows next week. Makes a lot of sense to me. For sure. It's all about <laughs> visuals, right? Gardening yes. is very visual. And I should probably give out the numbers sure. just in case somebody wants to call in, and I'm sure they do. Uh, the number here, 416. 416- 3600740 and toll free 18667404740 you've got a question for Charlie or uh, uh, a problem that you may be having oh then you just give us a call a tip you want to share a tip is a good idea we love to hear other people's solutions to problems and you and I were just talking about one of your things that came up a couple of weeks ago when we were in here yes. you were talking about your cedar at the front of the house yep. that had this real brown area yes right for so no apparent reason and i was you know it didn't make sense just one sort of chunk of the cedar turning brown and i said you know look for bugs and do this and the other thing so you looked and what did you find found bunnies bunny rabbits bunny rabbits are living in there and now they've created entrances around the the base of the tree Mm -hmm. and of course my dog which who is a westie and uh loves rat love would love to get a rabbit or a squirrel uh she sits in the front window on the window ledge which isn't really a good idea for a dog but she does (laughs) and watches for those bunnies. Yeah, yeah, and just goes ballistic when she sees them. Yes, she does, absolutely. So what do you do? And I I was just saying, you've got to make, if you don't want those bunnies living in the cedar, you've got to make that uh, an area or, you know, an inhospitable situation for them. Right. It's like ants, right? When we have ants on the property, you're not going to kill every ant to move them out. All you want to do is make it an environment where they're not happy and comfortable and and want to expand the the brood, so to speak. Well, I told you my wife Marilyn is an animal lover. Mm -hmm. And when we had raccoons, she wanted to feed them. Instead, <laughs> I was trying to get rid of them. She was feeding them on dinner plates. So yesterday, With napkins and silverware, yeah, probably. <laughs> yesterday, she said, um, get, "Buy me one of those big bags of mini carrots." And I thought. Okay, no. she's planning on making something for dinner or no. whatever. And then I thought, I know. Yeah. She's going to leave some out for the bunnies. No, 
That's no. not going to happen. I wouldn't do that. No. No, I, you don't, and you don't have to do anything nasty. I'm not suggesting, you know, traps or, or shotguns or anything that's going to hurt them. <laughs> All I'm suggesting is make, if you don't want them, that is, make it so that it's not a happy place for them. Um, I've had bunnies up against the foundation of my house, and I actually discovered that I had the bunnies when two little tiny baby bunnies ended up down in the window well. Oh, great. Because, of course, once they dropped down, they couldn't get out. It right. was, you know, down a good 18, 24 inches. And, um, uh, you know, I'm a, I, anyway, what happened was my daughter, similar to your wife, rescued the baby bunnies right. and raised the baby bunnies in our bathtub Aww. until they were old enough to be set free out into the you know, little Bambi back into the wild. You and, were just thrilled, weren't you? Oh, you know, I was the <laughs> one at the pet store just, you know, picking up the, the food for the bunnies and the bedding for the bunnies and water bottles for bunnies. Anyway, that was another story a few years ago. But what I did to ultimately drive them away was I filled in the hole because they dug a hole in the yeah. soil yeah. and they line it all with fur um, and I just filled that all in and you know put a rock on top do they line the holes with fur when they when they're ba- for the birthing but really? if they're all grown up bunny squirrels do the same thing eh? they're nests up in the trees all that's why their tails they get all skinny yes they p- pull all the fur out of their tails to line the nest I didn't know in the that. late winter yeah to, be, to give birth it's very cool it is cool it is cool okay I've got all of about 50 seconds here to give you two upcoming events go very exciting uh, one I'm totally planning on attending myself which is this Thursday September the 22nd at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Patrick Kalina talks about New York's High Line and the shaping of cities at TBG. I don't know if you've heard about New York's High Line, but it's been all the buzz, particularly in the gardening world. The High Line in New York City is a one and a half mile park built on a section of the former elevated freight railroad of the West Side Line, which was in operation from 1934 to 1980. So it just was desolate, disgusting, decrepit since 1980. It's been rejuvenated into a park and it's all elevated. It runs from the former freight yard on the 34th Street through the neighborhood of Chelsea uh, all the way up, it contains special features, includes water features, viewing platforms, a sun deck, and gathering areas to be used for performances. There's art exhibitions, educational programs. It's it's a really neat story, and it's what all a just... a great idea. It, yeah, first one section opened last year, and another uh, half mile opened again this year. So it's been a process of it. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be presenting, obviously, slides and the story of how they did it, raised the money, did the work, did the designs, etc. So this is all part of the Edwards Lectures, and as I mentioned, it will be held at the Toronto Botanical Gardens Floral Hall starts at 7.30 p.m. this coming Thursday. Uh, if you're a member, it's free. If you're not a member of TBG, it is a $20 bill to get in the door. So there's another good reason to be a member of the TBG. Absolutely. And I'll tell you my next uh, upcoming event at TBG after our break, because I see that we have to do that now. Okay, so we'll be back with uh, questions for you and more information from you. Absolutely. On The Garden Show here on AM 740. We'll be right back. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. And good morning, Robbie Lane in for Frank Proctor, and Charlie Dobbin is here, and we have callers waiting, but I'm going to give you the phone numbers one more time, 416-360-0740 and 1-866, that's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And Elaine is on the line and waiting because she has a problem with her trumpet <laughs> <laughs> a musical instrument yeah. that's infesting somewhere that's right <laughs> good morning morning good morning. morning uh i wonder if you could help me um i had beautiful trumpet vines uh they were gorgeous but i did not know when i planted them 
that they were going to be an infestation, and it, they've just uh, rooted all over our uh, vegetable garden, and my husband is just fit to be tied. Livid, yep. How do we get rid of I mean, why don't they warn you that they're so aggressive? <laughs> <laughs> it might, well, they are, once they're established, they are definitely happy plants, and unfortunately happy plants do grow, but in your case, it sounds like they're particularly happy, so you oh. must have really great soil and, and the right conditions. Well, they've just overtaken, they've just rooted everywhere in the vegetable garden, and um, now we've we cut them down. Mm-hmm. We're trying to dig them out, but what is a good efficient way to eradicate them forever. Yeah, now these are not little seedlings that, that have come up. These are little suckers coming off the roots yes, because you planted yes. them big, along big the... suckers, the, healthy suckers that even flower. <laughs> oh, yeah, really. <laughs> and grow about four feet a day, probably. Exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so what's an efficient way? You know what? I'm going to put that out to some of our listeners, see if anybody's got a great suggestion. I could give her my bunnies. <laughs> That's right. Oh, no, we have bu- I think we've we, even tried... Um, <clears throat> um, uh, spraying with some kind of thing. I don't know. Well, what was. I was going to say, I mean, <clears throat> there's no question, and I would get right on this next spring, is to use Roundup. Uh-huh. Uh, Roundup is available to be used in the case of noxious uh, weeds, such as poison ivy, and certainly trump- trumpet vine can fit the, the bill as a noxious weed if it's a, a real problem. Because it, it in the spring? In the spring, wh- what happens is when, like, a, a, the vine will stay alive and it'll just be little woody stems. Mm-hmm. But the green buds will, of course, fatten up and little green leaves will emerge. And you know what those leaves look like. You're, you're very familiar with that oh, plant. Yeah. So as soon as you start to see green leaves emerging from the various bits of stem that are sticking up, whether it's along the fence line or in the middle of the vegetable patch, spray on the green leaves with the Roundup. Mm-hmm. You could also, for the, which would work virtually the same, use Weed Be Gone. Okay. Weed Be Gone is the vinegar-based herbicide. Right. Uh, Roundup, of course, is something called glyphosate. Either of them works very effectively on fresh green material. Okay, fresh. Okay. So fresh meaning young. So um, wait till the spring or because there's still some out there. That, I mean, we tried to dig them out as best we can, but they're just... I mean, the roots are from here to, mm-hmm. to your station, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably. And you know what? You could spray now, but I think you would find you're not going to be very effective now. Okay. The leaves are very old. They have a much stronger, what's called a cuticle on the on the outside surface. And it, the, you might see some yellowing, but you probably won't see death of those vines. Okay. Now, you're going to have to spray more than once in the spring. You're going to stay right on this. You're going to be very careful with your spraying because, right. you know, once you get the vegetables planted, you don't want Roundup or weed be on spraying onto your carrots or beets or lettuces because exactly. that will kill them as well. Mm-hmm. So very, you know, no wind. I just use a piece of cardboard in behind the what I'm spraying or a piece of rigid plastic, mm-hmm. and spray very carefully on the green portions of the of the trumpet vine, and it will be an ongoing process. Oh boy, everybody was jealous because uh, I planted them one year, <laughs> and then the next year they bloomed, and people were saying, "Oh, mine haven't bloomed for ten years." That's right. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they are gorgeous, but they're very, oh. very, very. Uh, invasive very invasive yeah but and like i say clearly you have great soil like you have real well, optimal my conditions my husband doesn't think so he thinks it's bad <laughs> i will tell him that yeah make him feel good that's right okay, tell him he's spring, doing something right spring and i'll listen to the rest of your listeners to see if they have yeah exactly reason. and hopefully somebody might have another suggestion who might have had the same problem thanks well, so much elaine and good okay, luck with that thank you thank Bye. you elaine And uh, thank you. And we have June on the line. She's calling in from Bolton, and she has a problem with roses. We think it's a problem, isn't it, June? Good morning. Are you there, June? 
Yes, good morning. Good morning. Morning. You've got Charlie Dobbin on the line. Oh, yes. Thank you for taking my call. Um, should I turn my radio down then? Yes, please. Well, that's please. probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a good idea to turn down the radio because otherwise we can get some real feedback that's between right. all the different speakers. But we like them to turn it back receivers. up again once their call is over. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you there, June? No. Her radio must be a long way off. <laughs> no, I think I can hear her walking. <laughs> I have a miniature rose. Yes. In, in a large pot that I've had, uh, oh, it must be 10 years or more, mm -hmm. and I water it well and feed it every mm -hmm. year, and uh, it, it's always done quite well. Uh, uh, but this year, it bloomed uh, pretty good in the early spring, but I keep watering it and feeding it, and I'll have an, a second flush of mm -hmm. bloom. Mm -hmm. However, this year, uh, I didn't have that second flush, so I'm thinking maybe I should... Uh, Repot it and put it to take take it out and put new soil in and repot it. But I'm wondering if the fall is the right time or should I leave it until spring? Tell me, June, is it still a nice green plant? Is it got lots of green leaves on it, June? Well, uh, not so much now. Okay, and is it something you put outside in the summer? Uh, yes, I. Um, I keep it in my garage, in my insulated garage all oh, winter. Okay, okay. And okay. put it out in the in the spring. All right. So this is a really good question. Uh, the one of a, a container of something that is uh, it's actually probably a hardy plant, but because it's in a container and above ground, you bring it into your insulated garage, which is the right thing to do, and back out in the spring. In terms of repotting that plant, the best time to do the repotting is in the spring. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's a, sometimes we, we love to do our repotting in the fall if we're bringing plants into our house because it's an opportunity to make sure there's no insects inside the, the root ball. But I never recommend repotting in the fall if you can avoid it. The best time always to repot is in the spring. Oh, well, that's wonderful. That's what I was thinking maybe I should do. Okay. So that's great. Then. Yeah, and, and you may even find that you'll use the same pot, but it's more just a freshening up of the soil. So taking it out of that pot, washing the pot, you know, taking off some of the old soil, and then back into the same pot with some fresh potting soil. Uh, yeah, should I, should I uh, remove all the... The soil that's clinging to the roots and... Well, you won't be able to remove it all, but certainly with your fingers, and depending on how big the root ball is, and, you know, maybe you want to even go to a bigger pot. It's more just a question of sort of whether the pot you have is the right size for you to handle. And then we just sometimes trim some roots. Roses are pretty hardy little plants and quite vigorous when they're happy. And trimming will certainly encourage all kinds of new roots and new stems next spring. Oh, yeah, so, so I should... Uh, Trim it back a bit then, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Oh, great. Oh, don't be afraid to at all. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, Charlie. Thanks so much for your call. Thank you, June. And uh, we're going to take a little break, but when we come back, we have someone, Sylvia, has been waiting on the line for quite a while, and she's just got a question about resodding. Resodding, which, yes. of course, this is the time of year to be thinking about our lawns, no right. question getting that soil delivered, yeah. which is exactly what I'm doing this weekend, uh, getting that truckload of soil delivered. So to, to be ready to handle the wheelbarrow and the shovel. And well, the, if you need any help, uh, just yeah. ask Dave. I was going to say, <laughs> I've got your number. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with uh, Sylvia's question and more after this. 
friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And good morning, uh, 924, and uh, the phone number is once again 416-360-0740 and toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. And we'll take a call right after Charlie says something. <laughs> I was just going to say, just before we get to Sylvia, I want to mention uh, a product you may or may not have heard of called Sierra Sill, yep. something that both Frank and I take to keep ourselves limber and able to, in his case, walk up and down the aisle, and in my <laughs> case, go out and move a few yards of soil. Yeah. Uh, Sierra Cell helps if you have inflamed joints or arthritis or any kind of stiffness in the joints. It's a very completely natural mineral, and it is available through their website, sierrasil.ca. It's available by phone, one eight seven seven joint 14 or it's available at some of the, re- the the good quality natural food stores like the Big Carrot, uh, Goodness Me in Hamilton, and the Peanut Mill in St. Catharines all have it retail. Good. Okay. So people can get it all three ways. Absolutely. That's good. And it really helps. I've heard you talk it, it about this before. It does work. Well, that's good. Well, we have Sylvia waiting on the line talking about resodding. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning to both of you. Well, thank you. I really to... enjoy your program, and I don't mind waiting. Well, that's good. <laughs> Thanks, Sylvia. No, why I wanted to, uh, Charlie, is um, we've got a great big blue spruce in the, uh, the yard next door to us, a huge one. Mm-hmm. And over the years, we've had trouble with the, uh, uh, the uh, needles. Mm-hmm. Now, this time, we have to have our yard resodded. And this will be the third time we've had it done. And we had it prepared in the spring, and then we got the real wet week where they couldn't do it. Then we've had it too warm. So now we don't know whether to do it now or wait till the spring. Oh, gosh, no, now is perfect. Now, yeah. Now is actually even better than the spring. Well, that's what we were thinking, but I thought I'd phone and see what you thought. Yeah, yeah. and I'll tell you why it's even better to, to resod or do, you know, garden renovations in the fall. Now is better than the spring because the soil is nice and warm. Oh, okay. And the plants respond to that warm soil by very quickly starting to grow roots, which Good. is exactly what you want, whether that's it's right. sod or new transplanted plants. You want the plants to get established by growing roots. In the spring, the soil is so cold. We I move guess. things, we plant things, and they sit there shivering yeah, and wait. Yes, that's what it is. Well, that's and, what we thought to have it done now, but yeah. we've had this, the last time we had it done was six years, but uh, mm-hmm. last summer it just died. The whole lawn just died. Now keep, and they say it's from the acid. Is that right? From the needles? Because we get piles of needles. Oh, okay. And the piles of needles typically fall below the spruce. Are you finding that they're ending up in your lawn as well? Oh, yeah, they're all in the lawn. That's what they say is causing it, and it gradually dies, like, you know. Well, keep in mind that um, two things. One is if if you're concerned that the needles are causing the soil to be acidic, you can do a very simple pH test of the soil. Right. If the soil does seem to be acidic, as in less than 7 on the pH scale, though a lawn does well at about 6.7, 6.8, so anything below that, uh, then it's an addition of horticultural lime to your soil to bring the the pH back closer to neutral is what you would do. Do you put that on before it would be like sodded or how do you do that? Well, I I assume that the lawn is all dead and like you said, it's all been prepared. So it's 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 right now we've just looked at like mud all summer, you know, waiting to do it. (laughs) Yeah, really. It's not all full of weeds, eh? Weeds haven't come up. Well, the weeds have come up, yeah. Okay, because those will have to get pulled. They'll have to kill it and all that again, you know. We had that done in the spring, but then we couldn't do it because of the weather. Right. Okay, so 
the good idea, get the weeds out of there. Uh, I wouldn't ever add lime or any amendment that will affect your pH without first checking, checking the pH. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But easy to do. You know, at any garden store, garden center, you can get a very simple soil test kit. Oh, well, and right. it's literally like a litmus paper test yeah. just to see, you know, pink and blue, right. uh, which color the litmus paper goes. And that gives you an, an indication. Yeah, it's just an idea. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then it's very, again, simple, dolomitic or horticultural lime addition to raise that pH a okay. point or two. Oh, All right. that's great. So then this is the right time to do it. It's then. the perfect okay. time. <laughs> okay. okay. Thank you very much for your help. Thanks, Sylvia. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Sylvia. Well, that was, yeah. now she knows. She does. Yeah. She hoped she was taking notes, and I'm kidding. Remember, if you don't have time to take notes, you can always listen to the podcast. That's right. It's so simple. I mean, you can go f- find it on iTunes. This show is podcast, but you don't even have to get that fancy. You can go right to the AM740 website, look for the garden show, and then every single show is archived right there on the AM740 site. That's great. It's they don't amazing. do that to any of my shows. No, eh? Not even one. I wonder why. I don't know. <laughs> Let's not ask. <laughs> well, maybe I. You know, I only put it down to the fact that sometimes I think it's because this is so information packed that it does give people an opportunity to go back and say, "Okay, I missed a little point there." That's true. That's my theory. So don't feel bad. Okay? I don't feel bad. Not and that your show isn't information packed. Well, but... it's kind of stupid. Maybe people don't want to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have Colleen calling from Stainer. I love Stainer. Yeah, it's, it's a nice pretty, little eh? town. I really yeah. like it. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning. And morning. You have a question for Charlie, I bet you. I do. I love your show, first of all. Thank you. And uh, it's always enjoyable and informative. Uh, My husband bought two, I call them cedar trees, Mm -hmm. in the spring. Mm -hmm. And he potted them in big pots, 36 to 48 inch pots. I'm just guessing by looking at the pots. They've done marvelous. Mm -hmm. Just green. They're great. And he's wondering, can he plant them in the earth? now and and hopefully they'll winter well um you're sure or what kind of cedars do you have any idea like are they really you know hardy cedars or could they be a tropical plant no they're real cedars right i really wouldn't know but i would say looking at them they look like any cedar i've ever seen oh perfect yeah sure and, um, and you know what now is the time to get them in the ground If you're going to take them out of the pot, put them into the ground, again, it goes back to what we were talking about with the last caller, Uh that nice warm soil. Uh You want to grab that opportunity for the plant to get some roots going uh, before the soil starts to cool down so much that the plant becomes, you know, completely dormant and can't access any moisture. Cedars, as any evergreen... Uh, will often have issues in the winter with dehydration if uh-huh. they're, not, they're not well moistened. You know, the ground has to be very moist before the ground actually freezes. And it's important that the plant has some roots out to be able to access some of that moisture before the ground freezes as well. Now, would you add anything um, when you're planting them? Would you add anything before uh, you put the cedar tree in the ground? I'm a huge fan of doing whatever, using either the organic or the synthetic method of root stimulation. So bone meal is what we use if we want to go the organic route, and quick start or transplanter fertilizer is the synthetic route of a high phosphorus fertilizer. Mm -hmm. That's the only fertilizer. Make sure, though, the soil is, you know, lots of organic matter. Cedars love moisture. So if if you're in a sandy area, make sure you're banging some compost into that or some composted manure just to help. Yeah, okay, so even so, 
adding some compost or compost manure will just help with drainage because Good. clay tends to really hold the water to such an extent that it becomes a concrete bowl yes, and the, yes. the poor plant is just you know going oh my gosh and they, they need air too so it, you know it's good air good soil so if you're in real hard you know rough clay do add organic matter plant at the same level so that the plant is no even a tiny bit higher than it is now in the pot because okay. it will sink a bit mm-hmm. if it's a very windy or very sunny spot that you end up planting those plants uh, you might consider a very loose burlap wrap just okay. for this winter just to help with uh, shielding from the sun and the wind for the first winter uh, and of course lots of water as before the ground freezes as Perfect. as we go into freeze up well, okay. Thanks so much. That Wonderful. sounds great. We, we'd hate to lose them. Oh, no. They look so healthy and nice. Perfect. So we will do that. And Excellent. thank you for your help. My pleasure. And good luck with that. Thank yeah. you. Have a great day. Thanks Bye-bye. for calling. We have uh, someone from Port Hope, another one of my favorite towns. I've gone down <laughs> there a few times just for the weekend, just yeah. to hang out. It's a great place. Just to, just to hang out, yeah. walk around. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Go check out some of the pubs and the tea houses. I always think of it as kind of old Victorian houses. It is. Lace doilies and, and the, stuff. The main street in Port Hope is just beautiful, yeah. and there's a couple of restaurants there that are really, really good, to die eh? for. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. Marie, you are calling from Port Hope. Good morning. Good morning. Good to have you with us. And uh, what have you got to say about... uh, Okay, I have um, a bit of a problem with uh, a black lace elderberry bush that we have. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've had it about four four seasons, and it's been absolutely beautiful. This spring, it bloomed, and it was lovely. Mm -hmm. And then uh, about a month ago, it started losing all of its leaves or dropping off. from the started from the bottom up. Mm -hmm. All I have now, and I've sprayed it about three, three, three to four times. Uh, with um, it's a safer uh, soap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've sprayed it with that. Just it's the only thing I had, mm-hmm. and um, all I've got left is that at the top of the uh, bush, the leaves are still there. It almost looks like something. It, there's nothing on the leaves, like you know, any kind of insects. But it looks like something is eating, possibly um, up the little stems and towards where the leaves are, and the the stem is all you know dried up, and then all of a sudden it just the whole thing just drops off the bush, hmm. and it it looks like it's still progressing because there's barely anything left on the bush now. Hmm. Okay, so <clears throat> black lace elder, for those people who aren't familiar with the plant, it's a lovely plant, as as you've mentioned. Uh, it is a, a form of an elder, but instead of having green leaves, it has very, very dark purple, almost black leaves. That's right. And they're lacy, so it's very ferny. It's a almost looks a bit like a Japanese maple, but then you get the bonus of the pink flowers. Uh, so, you know, Japanese maples never have flowers. So it's a pretty neat plant, but it does grow like stink. And I, frankly, have one at the front of my house and I've cut it down I think three times already this summer just because it you know grows like four feet a week that's right it does what I would do in your case um, let me like two things it's almost sounds like a borer and certainly elders can get some insects in them that can cause their demise but be, be, it's a good time of year for this to happen because what's going to happen as we get into to series winter and freeze up and the plant is going to go dormant anyway I would cut that plant, like treat it as a perennial, basically. Okay. So cut it right down this fall. Uh, You might leave a three or four inch, you know, stems sticking up out of the ground uh, over the winter. You can wait until we've had a couple of frosts before you do this. Cut it right down. Uh, Eliminate whatever you cut 
off the property so that it doesn't stay here, you know, on the property in case there are insects inside. Right. I'm going to just check and report back next week if there's any bores or something that could be causing that problem, but it's likely not. It could just be, you know, as a result of whatever stress or, or uh, you know, this is a funny year. We've had a lot of fungal diseases this year right. with the, yes. the extreme cold mm-hmm. spring that we started with and then a very hot summer was the perfect conditions for a lot of fungal uh, survival and, and, and growth. So it could be that the, the root is fine and what you've seen above ground is just as a result of some, you know, some environmental factors and it will all come back beautifully again next spring. So uh, I should start pruning it down in quite a bit. Yep. Yeah, uh, and you don't even need to, I mean, if it looks really unsightly now, then, you know, cut it at any time, but certainly within the next month. Like okay, I say, just do that. Cut, it, cut it down like you would cut down your hostas or your daylilies or any of those plants, you know, down to within a two, two, three, four inches of ground level, and you know exactly where it is, so you're going to expect it to all sprout again next spring. I'm going to report next week if there's anything else that you could be doing just to ensure the survival of the I plant. I will be listening. That's Okey-doke. wonderful. Thanks. Uh, so in the spring, now... This spring I did, I used um, a dormant oil and the other, and I sprayed the whole thing because it, it, it did have um, aphids a few seasons. Mm-hmm. So I sprayed it in the spring with the uh, dormant oil mm-hmm. and, the, and the other one, the mixture. Yep, that's fine. The lime sulfur, yep. Yeah, lime sulfur, exactly. And so I thought, well, I'll do it again this spring just to make sure. But maybe I, I thought after, maybe I've done some harm by doing that. I don't think so. Of course, the dormant spray is very, very good for the elimination and prevention of problems because right. it kills things that might have overwintered on a plant. Right. The thing we know about the black lace elder, though, is that because it grows as fast as it does, and because not everybody has a big enough property to be able to deal with such a huge plant, the idea of cutting them down, and like we do butterfly bush, for example, cutting them down and having them grow up again can be an effective way to keep the size under control. So you don't even have to do the spraying if you're cutting it down every spring because there's nothing above ground to spray. But if you like it as a big, huge plant, then the dormant spray shouldn't be a problem at, at all. And Very it's, good. And it's okay. like, and yes, we do like it to be big. It gives a, it gets a privacy on the deck. So. Uh, okay. But it, they do grow very quickly, so I, I know what you're saying. Is like by cutting it down, yeah. it will grow up very quickly. It reminds me of bamboo almost. You know, it just mm-hmm. it's, it just goes whoo, just right before your very eyes. It's growing. It just keeps going. Yeah, but it's a really neat plant. It's a good oh, it's looking beautiful. plant. It really yeah. is. We get so many yeah. comments on it too I by bet. people passing yeah. by. Okay. Well, like I say, listen up next week. I'll report on anything new and exciting I can tell you. But in the meantime, that's exact. Don't worry about spraying it next spring because you're going to cut it all down. There'll be nothing okay, to spray. Okay. say very quickly, mm-hmm. uh, I called you last uh, fall. Mm-hmm. I had two boxwoods that we put in uh, pots on our front stoop. I remember. And you suggested that I bring them around to the back in a more secluded area, mm-hmm. cover them up as well as possible. In the, uh, once during the season um, to put uh, a little water on them. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you that they came back beautifully. They're out the front and they look lovely. Oh, good to hear. Yes, and it worked wonderfully well. And thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. But I guess you've got that job still to do this year yes, in preparation we have. for we'll winter. Do it again this season, see how it works. <laughs> we all got winter prep for the garden. So. Yeah. Exactly. Good. Well, thanks so much for your call and thanks well, for the update. Thank updates. you so much. And I'll, I'll be listening next week. Wonderful. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye-bye. You know, <clears throat> Charlie, you have mm-hmm. such an effect on our producer, Dave, that I noticed in the last call when you mentioned root stimulation, <laughs> he took his shirt off. 
So I don't know exactly what's going on out there, and maybe I don't want to know. I was going to say, it's a good thing he's got that big monitor in front of him. That's right. <laughs> no, we don't see any details from here. No, we don't. <laughs> it's uh, 9.39, and... Uh, and before we go to a yes. break, I just want to mention quickly uh, Sierra Sill. Oh, yes. Because as you said, uh, both Frank and I take it, and it, you said, well, you know, you, you heard about this product. It doesn't work for everybody, and they know that. The Sierra Sill people say it doesn't work for everybody, but if it's going to work for you, you're going to feel better within 14 days. And that's where that phone number comes from. For more information, to learn more about how Sierra Sill might help you with joint pain or relief of, of any sort of gnarly bits that keep you, you know, your movements limited, give them a call at one eight seven seven joint 14 and perhaps you're one of the people that Sierra Sill can help, and if so, you'll be thrilled, and if it doesn't help you, guaranteed money back. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk to Margaret. She's got mice in her shed. woo <gasps> <laughs> And we'll be back to talk about that and more after we do this. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And good morning to y'all. It's 18 minutes before 10 o'clock, and Charlie Dobbin is here to take your calls. And we've got a couple of people waiting, and Margaret has been waiting for a little while. She has mice in her shed, Charlie. Mm, good morning, right. Margaret. Good morning. Morning. Um, my garden's quite a wildlife sanctuary. I have raccoons, possums, skunks, and all kinds of birds, mm-hmm. even the odd hawk. But I'm getting a lot of mice in the shed, and they're so crafty, I'm putting traps down. And they're able to get the bait without setting the trap off. Huh. Occasionally, I get, I might get a little field mouse. Um, I mean, a field mouse or a small deer mouse. Yeah. But I know they're there, and I'm. I don't want to put poison down because of all the wildlife. Uh, right. And um, of course, you don't have anything like a cat or a dog on the property. No. Mice, you're right. They are crafty and wily, and this is the time of year where they are looking for overwintering sites. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid they might get in the house somehow. And they so don't I'll need a yeah. They don't need a very big hole to get in. They can no, get into very small little spots and uh, set up their own little little spaces. So, I mean, other than then ensuring every crack and cranny of the shed is well sealed, you know, cocked or or sealed properly, um, and you've tried the bait thing, and like warfarin is. A problem because as you point out you know possums raccoons are going to be attracted unless see they're unlikely to get in the shed if if the the mice are yeah if the mice are getting in through very tiny cracks then yeah. you might be okay to put down some warfarin in the shed where only the mice are and likely to kill them that way uh and because that can be quite effective at, at controlling with that is if i put that down will they go off and die somewhere and smell they will go off somewhere and die. Whether it, will it be outside or inside? When they die, yeah, you don't want to know the gory details, but they, they, their little bodies turn into a dry little husk mm-hmm. that, uh-huh. from warfarin. They don't smell usually. It's like they mummify. Oh. Yeah, I know. Because that was the, another thing. I thought, well, if I do that and then I go in the shed and I've got all these dead mice, <laughs> the smell will be and horrendous. The stink, and then you can't find them, right? But I think you'll find that, that they don't typically smell. When they die from warfarin, it is. And they do... They may end up, you may find little mummified bodies on the ground when you're cleaning out to the back corner and stuff. But Yeah, uh, they just dry up. Yeah, really. they do. They just dry up because they bleed to death. 
internally. Yeah. It is horrible, but I just I don't know. want them. <laughs> it's effective, though. That's the thing about warfarin. And if your traps, I mean, the other thing is, I know some traps work better than others, or some bait oh, works I've tried better. All the different. Yeah, traps. you've tried. I think the old-fashioned sort work the better, but I can't seem to get them without all these fancy bits in the middle now. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you get out there with your figure out your their favorite cheese or or peanut butter or whatever peanut it is. Butter's the main thing that. They, they, I use, yeah, yeah. and then I put a little bit of bird seed on it and try and wedge it in there so that mm-hmm. I've only got to touch the trap with a stick and off it goes, you know. But they're so yeah, good. Eh? Yeah, they're smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah they they touch it with a, stri- a stick and then set it off and then go take the bait. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not dumb, and it's too. I know a cat can be so effective in a situation like that, and yet. But I have so many birds. That's right. Then you risk the, some of the other wildlife within the sanctuary. Quite surprised me. Two things: I had a male cardinal feeding a baby, and I have chickadees that go crazy for the peanuts. Oh, really? That's yeah. unusual. I love them. Wow! So you saw the male bringing worms to the nest? No, actually, the baby was—he um, was getting food off the feeder and feeding the baby. Oh, isn't that sweet? Yeah, that's I didn't good. Know the males did that. Yeah, I wasn't. I—I I know that they mate forever and you know for life, and that they do do some shared uh, nest duty on the eggs oh, but i do? yeah but i didn't know that that the male would do would uh, do some feeding as well yeah, so that's great feeding that's female cool. was nowhere around huh. well some husbands cook too took over. <laughs> that's good well she's obviously she's probably got a job or something somewhere <laughs> <laughs> or, okay well thanks a lot i'll try that <laughs> okay thanks so much for your call and good luck with that thanks bye-bye thank you and sort of along the same lines uh charlie we have I think it's June, June calling from Niagara, and she she's looking for animal repellent. Yeah, I believe. wonder what animals yes. she's trying to. June, repel. how are you doing this morning? I'm doing just great, thank you. Good, and thank I you want for to calling. say good morning to you. Morning, morning. morning. How much I enjoyed the show. Thank, thank you. you. And I'm passing on actually some information that I found when I was up at the Penn Center in St. Catharines mm-hmm. last Saturday regarding a solar animal repeller oh yeah it repels raccoons squirrels mice and more mm-hmm. and apparently uh it'll work at th- out 30 feet on a 70 degree angle it's 29.99 apparently mm-hmm. it has four solar batteries that are rechargeable mm-hmm. it can also run on alkaline batteries mm-hmm. it can also be used indoors with batteries as well. Is that one of those high-pitched sonic uh, sound machines? Uh, this is, yeah, uh, I would imagine. Uh, I don't, I'm only recommending it um, as a possibility. Uh-huh. I've never used it, uh-huh. but it's at the showcase, which are the uh, stores that um, sell the TV products. Oh, as, yeah. as, as seen, seen on, on TV, TV yeah. right. Oh, okay. Uh, and each person can sort of... Um, you know, check it out to see if it works for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was speaking with the store manager, and he said some people come in depending on the size of their property. Some people come in and buy two, three mm-hmm. uh, extra as well. Hmm. And uh, so they must be working for some people. But as I say, I can't give a personal recommendation. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's a good suggestion for people that are plagued with things like mm-hmm. mice or raccoons. And certainly <clears throat> at this time of year is one of the tough ones when it comes to things like mice moving into our garages or bunny rabbits. And I know those machines are out there. That, I assume that's what it is. It's that very, very high pitched. We won't hear yeah. sound. 
sound, which should repel them because it's very uh, disturbing. And they have larger models for annoying relatives. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, one more thing I'd like to share with, regarding geraniums. Mm-hmm. I have a wonderful uh, two large pots of different colorful geraniums, and what I do is I bring them in in the winter, mm-hmm. leave them in the pots, mm-hmm. put them in my basement, right. and I love to recycle. And then in the spring, I sort of check them out. You know, I take off Clean. any of the dead uh, leaves or stems. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, one pot, I just took them for uh, the ones that were already growing out. I left them as it was. The other ones I cut back. Another, otherwise, uh, possibly with uh, maybe a week or two difference in the way they were blooming, they're both absolutely full and overflowing and have been pretty well all summer. Wow, so you make that sound easy. Have you got windows in your basement? I have, uh, yes. Or I lights. have a window, and I put them uh, where they can get a bit of the sun in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. And you water every week or two. No, I don't. No. I just leave them. Just leave them I alone. leave them sitting. Yeah. And then in the spring when it's time, it's like all of the natural things. They come up yeah. when the time is right. Yeah, the day length starts to cause the green sprouts to sprout. Yeah, good for you. Good idea. Well, that sounds pretty easy. Well, thank you very much. And I just wanted to say how much I enjoy your program, regardless of who the sous chef is. (laughs) (laughs) We'll let Frank know that. Thanks, June. (laughs) Thank you, June. I wonder what regardless means. I know. I know. I was just, you know, Frank really, he likes you to think of yourself as the sous sous chef. I know. You know, or the under sous chef. He told me he's going to get a t shirt with that on it and give it to me. Yeah, he didn't want you to at all think that that he was replaceable. No, he's not replaceable. <laughs> so, <laughs> He'll so tell you that. We won't tell June that, <laughs> that she likes the show regardless of who the sous chef is. No, we won't. <laughs> and uh, we have someone from Markham to and... talk about calla lilies, but we uh, have to do something first. So you hang on the line, Bert. We'll be right with you on AM 740. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. And good morning and welcome everybody to the show. Charlie Dobbin is in her chair, which is especially made for her and tailored because <laughs> uh, because you are the head gardener of everywhere. It's because I, I often drag dirt in with me. They've got this plastic wrap <laughs> chair for me. Yeah, Marilyn doesn't sit in that chair. No way. No, no. no she's right. dressed way better. <laughs> uh, Markham, we have uh, Bert, our first gentleman caller this morning, and he's talking about calla lilies. Good morning, Bert. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Loved your show. Thank you. you. Love love your um, 60s at 6, Robbie. Thank you, Bert. The check's in the mail. That is a good one. Anyhow, yeah, I've had these calla lilies. I've been growing for four years. Mm -hmm. First year, I put them in a spot with morning shade. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, sorry, morning sun. Yeah. And they bloomed pretty nicely. Mm -hmm. Second year, oh, didn't have quite enough room there. So I moved them out full sun. They also bloomed, mm-hmm. but they didn't like the full sun. No, they leaves turned yellow. Up yeah. and brown, no matter how much I watered them. Right. So I moved them into kind of a almost a shade garden. Mm-hmm. Didn't like that. They Lots of leaves, <laughs> no flowers. Yeah. Got them back now in the, where I had them in the first place. Uh-huh. There's a bow of a dozen, 15 of them. I've got beautiful leaves, 
18 inches or two feet high, mm. not a single bloom. So this year, no blooms, just what? lots of leaves. What am I doing wrong? Um, what are you doing wrong? Probably, okay, so they're getting that morning sun that they got that first year. And, of course, the soil is nice and organic. and Oh, yeah. There's lots of compost and stuff in there. Good. And when plants don't get flowers... Now, calla lilies, for anybody who, who isn't familiar with this plant, is a tropical plant. It, it does not stay out over the winter, and it's a, it's a really gnarly-looking bulb that you well, plant. I, I dig them up every year yeah. and put them... In, over winter. Them all off and yeah. then put them in a box of... Um, what you call it, the powder. Peat moss. Uh, peat moss? The peat moss, yeah. 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 And do you do you start them in pots in the late winter indoors? Uh, sorry, I can't quite hear you. Do you start them indoors in pots? Yes, I do. Right. Okay, so... Oh, I, I'm sorry. No, the cow, uh, I don't. The you don't. Lilies, so you just uh, go straight out with them. Cow lilies, no, I put them straight into the ground. Okay. Uh, okay, so the one reason why sometimes plants don't flower, but we get amazing, beautiful greenery, is the fertilizing. If the plant is receiving too much nitrogen or even compost, manu- like composted manure or homemade compost can be quite high in nitrogen, which mm-hmm. can lead to a lot of beautiful green growth, but mm-hmm. not a lot of flower bud formation. Ah. So I'm wondering if that's what might have happened this year, that, that you're seeing some amazing leaves, but it's got to do with the fertilizer they've received. Okay, so I should... Uh Forget about the compost. Well, if you've got some great compost there now, what I would do next year is go back to the same spot, but make but emphasize fertilizing with a blooming fertilizer. You know, oh, some and, of those and bloom. I've never ever fertilized them. Okay, so it's not like you've cranked Miracle Grow or something like that onto no, I've them. Never. Okay, so do, um, just don't add any more compost, and you might consider uh, giving a shot of a real blooming type fertilizer next year. Yeah, okay. uh, you know, a couple of weeks after you plant them, once they start to sprout. Okay, we'll try that. All right, but let us know. The, the morning sun. It should be perfect. Yeah. Okay. But those big, beautiful leaves are a bit of a giveaway. That makes me think there's an awful lot of nitrogen available there and not enough other important uh, uh, okay. Uh, elements. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Bert, and Bye good now. luck. Thanks for the, for your call. I just quickly before, we'll see if we, we probably don't have time for any more calls because, you know, I yeah. ramble on so much. That's you know, all right. It becomes a problem. Rambling is good. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, next Saturday. After you've listened to the show, put on your calendars an event. It's harvest time at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. It's a whole day event, actually. It goes right from 12 noon until 4 p.m. It's it's a time of celebration, obviously, and giving back to the community. So the children of the TBG programs will be harvesting the teaching garden, and they're going to create and participate in art. There's music. There's drama. You can buy your fall pumpkins next Saturday. You can get some stunning pre-made outdoor urns, unless you prefer to make your own fall urns. You can take free guided tours of, obviously, TBG and Edwards Gardens. And you can enjoy how-to demos and talks by the head gardener, Sandra Pella. She's very smart. You can also have your gardening questions answered by the Toronto Master Gardeners, who will be on site at the TBG from 12 noon until 4 p.m., which is located at 777 Lawrence Avenue East. So that's Lawrence and Leslie right on the corner. Beautiful place. Lots of free parking. Yeah. It is a beautiful place. That's a great event. You know, you speak of, of weddings. You know how many people are yes. lined up having wedding pictures there today. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> 
So listen, how you're here for to fill in for Frank, I guess, after the car, the, the car guys, guys. Those crazy car guys are up mm-hmm. next, and then mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock I start and go right through till 3 o'clock, and then I'm back for the British Invasion show at oh, 6 o'clock. Gosh, you got a nonstop day. And then I'm playing with the band tonight. Oh. So have you got like a little a little bag of goodies to keep yourself going, you know, granola well, bars and things? I should have a cot so I can go and have a nap sometime. <laughs> and a thermos of coffee. Yes, I do have that. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Wow, a busy pleasure. day. Well, a good pleasure. luck with that, and thank you. Thank you so much. You're, you Always. are a very good sous-sous chef. Thank you so much, And I Charlie. really appreciate you being here. It's uh, be lonely to do this all by myself. It's nice to have yeah, somebody here. To bounce off. Yeah. yeah, and I appreciate everybody's calls. Some great calls today. Yeah. Dave, as usual, was was. Amazing. And uh, everybody enjoy the last few days of the summer. Yes, because next next uh, week's Friday. show will be on... Well, next Friday the is the first day of fall. fall yeah, so, so that's the uh, the equinox. That's yep. when we have one of those 12-hour day and uh, nights. And I do... I kind of miss that. I don't like it when it starts getting dark. I, I like know. the long days. Me too. Yeah. But we'll get into the garden, get some stuff done, and be ready to let everything go to sleep for the winter, and we can all take a break. Sounds great. And worry about our indoor plants. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Charlie, thank you so so much. And thanks to you, Robbie. And thanks to all the callers. The Car Guys are up next, and we'll be back with more music after Bob Shepard and the news and, uh, well, everything else we have to do. That's right. So stick with us on AM740. And we'll see you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.